Hello and welcome back to Let's Scare Adam, the show where I make Adam watch scary movies, which he is not a big fan of. I'm your host, Josh. You can follow me on Letterboxd at JLuke. This is my guest as always, Adam. You can follow him at Adam Werner. Oh, it's down below. King Frogby, that's the one. (laughs) That's the first time I've screwed that up. So this week we checked out Colour Out of Space, which is a 2019 horror film directed by Richard Stanley and starring Nicolas Cage. It is based off a HP Lovecraft story and it follows a family in a remote part of New England who have a meteorite crash into their front yard and the meteorite seems to infect both the place and the family with what can only be described as an otherworldly colour hue or a colour out of space, as the movie so eloquently puts it. What do we think, Adam? I actually really enjoyed this film. Uh, It wasn't super scary. I think that that's probably why I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, It just had a pretty like interesting premise it's like cinematically i think that that's where it stood out um man this has such style to it uh yes it does like and i'm such a sucker for that beautiful like pink color it is so vibrant and it just stands out um and then like from a story's perspective it was okay uh it landed a little bit flat like um i wanted more out of it i wanted it to go somewhere else i think i just don't like so um... yeah i can i can see where you're coming from and i think that may be rooted in the fact that the original short story was written in and i've just looked it up 1927 so wow a yeah, so the fact that a story like this could still be adapted to something as good as this. I mean, I know there are some stories that, like, say, Little Women and stuff that just are timeless, but something like this, you don't see old horror getting adapted as much because the things that were scared people back then don't translate to what scared people now. Mm. And the fact that they were able to make something so... I suppose H.P. Lovecraft is one of the one examples where... It can sort of translate because he has all the like the monsters and everything and the big like Cthulhu and stuff like that as you've probably heard of. And but this specifically to use the villain being what is essentially a colour, it's phenomenal. And back to what you said about the colour palette as such, that's a thing we're seeing a lot in horror these days. Like heaps is this neon sort of saturated uh, I know Joel likes to use his term like it's dread-based sort of horror where I don't... This is more of your body horror horror story, but the colour adds a certain level of tension that you don't get otherwise, and it's one that I'm a massive fan of. And that may be why I like this one quite a lot is because any sort of horror movie that does the the neon-shaded hue... Or something like that. Because Mandy's another one, also starring Nicolas Cage. I watched a couple the other week called VFW and one was called Bliss. I they think just have this... What I've noticed is Elijah Wood seems to be the producer on lots of these. And I noticed that like, yep. like he's also produced like um, Transcendence, that video game, horror game. And like he seems to have his toe in a lot of like these sorts of more creative... Like I know he was a producer on Mandy as well. 
Um, I know there was a... I'll have to look it up. There was a horror film that he was in quite a while ago, maybe now. Okay. It was straight to video or straight to VOD, whatever it would have been back then. And he's known for being one of the more quite fucked ones recently. Yeah, yeah. And he plays the villain. I'm trying to remember what it is. Um, Is it come to... It might be called Come to Daddy. Oh, actually, no, that's not the one. But there's one... Oh, Maniac. It's called Maniac. Okay. I think I've... Yeah, I've heard of that for sure. And that's supposed to be, yeah, from 2012. A while ago now, but... For someone of a larger wood status to take a role like that, he clearly likes the... The genre. Well, this is one of those things that we're seeing a lot more of, like with like Robert Patterson. You see Daniel Radcliffe and also Elijah Wood. Like they've made all the money they need to make for their entire lives in those first like franchised films, so they they're willing to take more risks and like try out these sorts of like interesting styled films with more like depth. Um, <laughs> and it's good to see Elijah Wood putting that money that he made making your hey. I love Lord of the Rings as much as anyone, but your box office smashes and he's putting back and giving people the indie movies that he probably enjoys going out and seeing. And giving Nick Cage more business because, like, God knows he needs it. <laughs> Sorry, well, let's we... be honest, he's giving Nicolas Cage the best roles of his life because oh, this and Manny's the best thing he's done in years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so definitely Nicolas Cage's best work over the last few years and... I think when you see a movie like this or like Mandy, you're noticing that because we've had so many errors of Nicolas Cage mm. and at this point you can tell that writers are almost writing roles with him in mind to play to his streets because a lot Nicolas Cage just... There was an old college humour skit and I don't know if you ever saw it where it's about Nicolas Cage's agent okay. and he's getting the worst scripts ever. Like... Hitler's a good guy and Nicolas Cage is like I'll do it and he's just taking every single role available and yeah it's great that he puts in these wild crazy stupid performances but the movies have to at least have something to carry them because even if you have the best Nicolas Cage wacky performance of all time if there's the movie is so terrible they're not fun to watch yeah because we've true. seen him do it so many times but like and it's this one specifically i don't know what you'll think but the nicholas cage voice he has it for like the last 45 minutes of the movie it's it's just the best <laughs> yeah also like yeah because he's so memeable right like anytime nick mm-hmm. nick cage is in a movie now like i'm always like oh what's he doing like what what's this and like because he's picked up Mandy and now this, and both of them were like pretty enjoyable films for the most part. Like he definitely plays Nick Cage, but like, well, I think I think in Mandy he played it a little bit more seriously, only slightly though. But that's because what well, I think Mandy's a superior movie for a couple of reasons, but it has a lot darker of a tone, like an overtone. Yep. Whereas, so where he plays it like brazy, but sort of still slightly serious. At the end of probably for the last hour of this movie, I think Richard Stanley directed was like, I want 150% pure, uncut Nicolas Cage. Give me everything you've got. Because as soon as he, like, as soon as the daughter goes out to the meteorite and says something, and he goes off on her, just from then on, it's just straight up 
He's got that voice where he sounds like he's snarling at the same time and everything. He's just taking the piss. He's like, such a dick to his daughter and to his family in this film. Like, and like, he's like, what do you want me to do? I can't go anywhere. The car shut down. Like, there's, I think that like, that was another thing that sort of like knocked it down a few notches was your wife is fucking tripping tits. No attempt to, like, leave the property just on foot. Like... Well, I, I think at that point he must be... He was infected with something. Okay, so because, he was a bit psycho by that point. Yeah, because he... There was... As soon as... Yeah, because as soon as he says he smells the smell of the hospital where his thing died, he says that very early. So from then on, it's all down... Downhill. Hill mentally. So that's why... That's where I thought this came from. And I haven't even mentioned... The practical effects in this movie are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Straight out of the 80s in the best possible way. So, like, the, the bit that I thought was, the like, most messed up and, like, fucked up was definitely when the mother and the kid merge. That was, like, mm-hmm. really, like, sick and twisted. Um, and then I'm just... there's the big dog. Was it the big... Thing out in the the llamas, the alpacas, the alpacas, llamas, llamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the animal of the future, as Nicholas Cage describes it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, man, he yeah. was obsessed with these alpacas. <laughs> that was he so was. good. He's just like, I can't believe you left the alpacas out again. And you just like, like I don't know. There's something about the way he delivers these lines. Phenomenal. <laughs> you have to see it. Like, it is just picture in your brain if anyone's listening. The most memeable Nicolas Cage accent, and he's doing it for the last hour of this movie constantly. Yep. It is, that's all it is, and it's great. Um, I felt this movie was 20 minutes too long, and it was potentially in the front end and not the back end. It's a weird way to watch a movie. But apart from that, I really enjoyed it. I've watched it a couple of times. <clears throat> and yeah, it's sort of weird to be able to pinpoint sort of where the movie does take too long and usually it's more in the back end than the front end but in this case i felt it was in the front end mm. i think that but like apart from that i've seen this movie a couple of times i really like it i'd recommend this and mandy yeah so i would say that for me the the bit that like sort of i didn't really understand is like that that whole start bit where she's like standing around yeah. like summoning the demons and stuff and i was like where's that gonna come into play and it never does um so yeah it like they were definitely like the start was a bit slow i wanted like more from that also nick cage and like the reporter and like the way that he cracks the shits at the reporting screen i'm like i don't like you really <laughs> like you did this to yourself you know what i mean yeah yeah, um, I think I think the uh, thing at the start with the girl doing all the Wiccan sort of stuff may have had something to do with the end, like when she's sort of ascends and the whole thing blows up. Yep, that's I'm assuming it had something to do with that. But again, this was written in 1927, the short story, so who knows what was going on? Yeah, like I like this is definitely a movie that. I would just check out. I think that, like, yeah. from style alone and from, like, if you want to see Nick Cage, like, uninterrupted meme, like, this is the way, to, like, this is the movie is to the check one. out. This yep. is definitely the one. Yep. I will say this just before we finish off. New England is the 
setting for so many horror movies. What is so scary about New England? I don't know. You know the you, oh, you know the states. They hate hate oh, the yeah. English people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, in England, yeah. nah, it's in America, and I think actually there might be some truth to the fact that Stephen King's from New England. Edgar Allan Poe was also from New England. H.P. Lovecraft might have been from New England. Maybe they just all got together and were like, "This play, maybe there, maybe New England is actually haunted." Let's uh. That has to be what the case. No one goes to New England because it's just fucked. There's shit going on everywhere. Yeah, I think the um, the only other thing I will also mention is that I've heard that there's that new Lovecraft HBO show. Or is it HBO? Uh, it's the it's the HP Lovecraft like universe, and apparently Love Lovecraft uh, it's Country. Lovecraft Canning. Oh, Lovecraft Country. Yep, produced Country. by Jordan Peele. Yes. So I've heard that um, if you watch Color Out of Space, obviously, like made by the same writer um this is a really good foundation to see if it, like you'll be interested in lovecraft country um, i haven't watched it yet but apparently it is great that's what Real i've heard good. as well that's what i've heard as well so yeah. yeah maybe we'll check that out at some point and put up a review on the website um yeah all right that, i think that's a good place to wrap it up yeah uh what are we doing next time Adam? what do you reckon uh next time we're going to do green room uh, Josh recommended this as a terrifying or pretty good horror movie. It's, it's got it's got its moments. It definitely has its moments. It's a very tense time. So yeah, Look forward to it. We'll check that out. Um, thanks so much for watching this episode. Of... Tune in if you want to hear us talk about Patrick Stewart being a villain. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so thanks so much for watching this episode of Let's Scare Adam. Um, you can find us on Letterboxd. Uh, at J Luke for Josh, uh, at King Frogby for myself. Um, we will continue with these watch-alongs. Uh, you can also listen to our recordings of uh, Film School Podcast every single Wednesday. Um, and we will also have uh, new cool film reviews where we talk about the latest films that come out each and every week. Um, thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time. Thanks, guys.